morning, Mama. What is it? I have to go away for a while. I was told to take a man to a hotel. They said he was an enemy of the state. Take off your dress. And in exchange, my mother would get the doctor she needed. Instead, they cut his throat. There could be no witnesses. So they gave me a choice. Die or become a sparrow. From this day forward, you will become sparrows. Weapons in a global struggle for power. You'll be trained in psychological manipulation. You must learn to push yourself beyond all limitation. Take off your clothes. When we are finished with you, the person you were will no longer exist. Every human being is a puzzle of need. You must become the missing piece, and they will tell you anything. You have a gift. You know how to survive. This is what you were meant to do. There is a traitor in the government. His last known contact is an American. Get close to him. I thought I saw you in the pool yesterday. Are we going to become friends? Is that what you want? She's a sparrow. You only matter because of what you could do for them. Work with me and make these men pay. You are better at this than any of us. Your only problem is you have a soul. We can't trust in a word that comes out of her mouth. There's something else we're not seeing. If she's compromised, she will be eliminated. What have you done? You belong to them. They'll never let you go. I'll find a way. Hello and welcome back to Joygasm, where we talk about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and with me is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. As we begin episode 62 today, March 10th, 2018. To get the most out of Joygasm, follow us on your social media of choice and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.com slash Joygasm TV. Also, for exclusive access and some sweet goodies, check us out at Patreon.com slash Joygasm. And no matter which platform you use to enjoy the show, show us some love. We always love getting some love. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, our main focus of today's episode is going to be on the movie Red Sparrow. We just got back from the theater and uh, we are looking forward to be able to kind of dissect it. We want to give a high level impression of the film itself. So for those of you who have not seen it, if you want to just want to get kind of a taste, we won't go into any spoilers. And then after about five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, little taste, like I said. Uh, But then afterwards, we will go into more of a drill down where we'll talk about cast, plot, cinematography, script, and uh, maybe even a little bit of the 
wardrobe, perhaps? It's like if someone gives you a little bit of their ice cream, and you're like, ooh, that's good. I want more. And then you go, nope. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we don't see much of the sunshine on these days that we go into the movies and us because we see them so early. It's true. No, it's one of the best. Actually, I think it is worth going into how we had kind of a geriatric audience with us this oh, time yeah. around. Uh, we, <laughs> we had uh, just distractions aplenty just surrounding us. Right. It was one of those things where it almost almost ruined it, but luckily they, they started to settle down a bit. Like, didn't you guys see the cell phone M&M's commercial where they said, silence your cell phones? Yeah, yeah. We had like a, a goofy cell phone go off and we had nasal rinsing. Nasal. We literally had someone doing nasal rinses behind us. There was someone who spilled their popcorn or something behind us. There was also some very loud explanations as to what was happening to some hapless uh, moviegoer who was confused as to what was happening. And so instead of it being discreet and whispery, it was more like for everyone in the audience to understand what was happening. <laughs> Thanks. I needed an explanation. Yeah, thank you so much for that. <laughs> anyway, I am curious to hear what you think of this movie, Steve. So please indulge me with some of your high level thoughts. Uh, well, I, uh, I think the, the trailer makers of this movie did a good job mm-hmm. uh, in getting uh, some garnered interest. But I, I think... Without Lawrence and without some of the beautiful um, landscaping of Mother Russia, mm. uh, yeah, I don't know if I, I would be uh, too interested in it. Um, I, w- I was so so. I it wasn't. I'm not going to go out and say I didn't enjoy it. I mean, it, it was it was okay for for me. Um, there was some stuff I liked and some stuff I didn't like. Um, I'm not going to say it was. Um, I, I didn't walk out of the theater feeling uh, uh, like I did when I walked out of Star Wars thinking that I was insulted. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I will say, uh, left me hanging a little bit. Mm-hmm. Left some something to be desired. Okay. Um, I, I haven't... Uh, yeah, I'll leave that till the end. I have another recommendation if someone wants to see a movie that's like this, but I feel a little bit better. I'll save that till the end. What did you think? I liked it. I thought the first thing that that was going through my mind was just about how before I saw this movie, I had read a review on IGN. And typically IGN is pretty on the mark with regards to just how my interpretation of a film is when I go and see it. And this time for me personally, it was it was just completely polar opposite. Um, IGN had given it... um, 2.5 2.5 out of 10. <laughs> I mean, and, and even, even like the, the header that they usually, you know, they usually have a word that goes along with that rating and they said it was bad. I completely disagree. I thought it was a really good film. I don't know exactly. Maybe it was the reviewers just, it wasn't their cup of tea or something. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I thought there was lots of great talent in the movie. There were all kinds of um, different actors and actresses in there who we've all recognized from other films. And I thought that the, the chemistry worked really well. 
Um, I loved, I honestly loved how unpredictable the film was to me. Like I, I didn't know if it was just <laughs> me, but like I was driving home with my wife cause you know, my wife came with us and, and I just started talking to her and she was the same way. Like, like she had a hard time understanding like who was going to do what or whatever. Like, like there were multiple instances of, Oh, I think I've got this under control. I think that I now know the trajectory of where the remaining um, <laughs> part of the movie is going to go. And all of a sudden it would be different. And it's like, Oh, okay. Maybe I don't know. So maybe, maybe I have watched my fair share of, of spy movies more than, than you and your wife. Yeah, perhaps so. Did you, did you find that it was completely predictable? Uh, not completely predictable, but basically, yeah, I, I knew around about where the, uh, the mark was going to hit. Okay. Yeah. The music I thought was beautiful. I was thinking about how I need to get that soundtrack just because a lot of it just really, it almost sounded like, like we were at the ballet th yeah. throughout the entire movie. I mean, it was really pretty music. And I don't know if some of that was from classic music, classical music, or if that was all um, composed from, from original source. But anyway, that was something that stood out to me. I personally also really loved how it ended. I'm not going to get into that fright at this point, but I, I really appreciate the fact that it was set up for sequels. And that means something just because this movie is based off of a novel that was written by a guy who used to be in the CIA. Did you know that? I did. So it was really cool to like see how he wrote this initial book. And then apparently it's a part of a trilogy of books. So I, for one, um, hope that, that there will be sequels that will be made for this. So um, also too, I mean, just from the standpoint of it being a thriller, I thought it was one of the most entertaining thrillers I've seen in quite some time. I've seen, um, I don't know, the several previous thrillers that I've, I've gone and checked out have been kind of disappointing to me. Uh, but this one itself, I was like, I kind of dig this. This is good. So uh, one final uh, little high level thought I had is just, I thought it was kind of funny seeing American and British actors playing Russians. Right. Yeah. And I think there were there actually, I, I know for a fact that there are other actors from different countries as well in there, but I don't really think they actually had like <laughs> any kind of like born from Russia uh, <laughs> actors playing yeah. these roles. And it's always, I don't know. It's kind of a, kind of a funny comical thing in, in its own right. But, well, sounds like we might have to uh, toss some ideas back and forth, Russ. Toss some ideas? Yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean? It seems like you're a little more on the, on the high bias. I'm a little bit uh, not so high bias. Bias? What do you mean bias? Bias of the movie and what we think, how we feel. Well, by, I don't know if it's a bias. I just think it's a more of a just, just the movie going uh, experience itself. I mean, I, it sounds like I enjoyed it more than you did. Yes. Because I have nothing to base my bias on. I just, <laughs> I went to go see a movie. Mm. And I feel the same way. So let's go ahead and step into the Russian elevator here real quick. I love the red curtains that uh, are draping from the 50-foot windows. Yes. This is a very tall ceilinged elevator. Uh, I left my drink at the bar. Uh, it was uh, a white Russian. Uh, you get it? Uh. <laughs> Uh, okay. It's okay. I actually brought my vodka with us. You can <laughs> every, have a seat. Every room uh, in the hotel comes with a, a mini bar of vodka. Vodka in every room in the hotel. <laughs> Life is vodka. 
You are an alcoholic. <laughs> okay, here's our floor. So we're going to go into spoiler alert. Spoilers. Details here. So you have been adequately warned. Let us begin. Commence. So let's start off with cast and crew. Mm. In my opinion, I thought the cast fit really well. What do oh, you think? Did you, Ross? I did. Um, I thought some of the cast, most of the cast was good. I thought that, uh, by and large, Jeremy Irons, even though I, I do like him as an actor, um, I didn't really see him fit because, uh, I don't know, maybe it was his accent. I mean, he, you know, he's got the, the British yeah, accent going yeah. and uh, seeing and hearing him trying to do that accent just didn't work like whatsoever. The scenes with him on screen, of course, are always very, very, uh, very, very confident. I mean, he, that's kind of who he is. Mm-hmm. He owns the role, but um, he, just, he, he even though he owned the role, he didn't convince me that he was from Russia. I mean, he, he wasn't, but if I could tell, you know, anyone, all the government officials in Russia could definitely tell he wasn't from there and mm-hmm. something was up. So, which like, makes sense because he's the mole. Right. But I mean, hey. they, they would have been able to tell that something, you know, he was the mole. Um, so, with that in mind, I either I thought, okay, maybe he was miscast. I, I, it just wasn't, he didn't, he didn't convince me. How about some of the other cast? Lawrence was okay. Um, I don't know. As much as she went through, in the movie, I would think that she would be much more expressive and she wasn't, which means that I don't know if Lawrence maybe was the right pick or wasn't the right pick uh, to be the, the the main character. But uh, I don't know if she was definitely the wrong pick, but I don't think she was the perfect pick. I think that they were tapping more into the Russian psyche, if you will. Again, from and I'm speaking largely from ignorance because I've never been to Russia. I don't have um, any Russian friends, that sort of thing, though I'd like to have some Russian friends. <laughs> I'd like to visit sometime. I would. But I think as a general rule, at least what has been portrayed is that they tend to not be as emotional, at least on, on you know, just on wearing their emotions on their sleeve like Americans do. Amer- in America, we're very much... You know, we're into expressing ourselves. We're into just speaking our mind, that sort of thing. And I think when it comes to living in a place like Russia, where it's a communist state, you have to really be mindful of what you say. You you do not have freedom of speech the way we do here in America. And I think as a result, you have to be calculating. You have to be um, careful of of what it is that you say or do, and that sort of thing. And so I my way of interpreting it from the movie was just they, they were really pushing that the, the the whole notion that it was more of an internal thing than it was external yeah i i can definitely see that but you have to have some emotion and like lawrence didn't have really hardly any throughout the entire film and even with that that school that they sent her to that little training camp mm-hmm. and they're trying to teach her how to manipulate everyone's psyche well part of that is making someone believe that either you know you're interested in them you know you're giving them nonverbal language which has a lot to do with expression and um you know minus her dressing or sitting a certain way um, I mean, she really didn't have much expression, <laughs> at least that I saw, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of the women actually kind of didn't. 
uh, maybe more of the men had expression than than the women. But yeah, I thought in terms of, of Jennifer Lawrence's um, performance, I thought I personally thought that she was captivating. I think that again, it's I I had to like kind of shift a bit of my expectations with regards to how does someone with her character conduct herself? How does she actually emote, especially given the circumstances that she's in? And I think that, that she did have emotions in, in a few scenes that were a bit more on the external side. I mean, certainly like when she was being tortured, that was a big moment of, of emotion for her. And, but it was, but, but I liked how it was like just restrained, like, you know, like when her uncle came to, to talk to her after she had been <clears throat> tortured and whatnot, there, there was a, there, a display of emotion, even though it was still restrained to me, it was still palpable, like watching just, just her realizing just how far her uncle is willing to go just for his own power. So I think that as a result, the character that she played, not what is it? Dominica. Do- Dominica. Yeah. Dominica is really a, um, a sympathetic character throughout this film. I mean, you just see these things happen one after the next and you just think to yourselves, are you yourself? My gosh, like this is just such a, a traumatic experience, no matter what it is. I mean, she had all these different things happen to her and we'll get more into that when we get into plot. But um, no, I, th- I thought she was, I thought she was really good. Now the director who also happens to have the same name right. as Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. Francis Lawrence. Um, I thought he did a great job in the director's chair. He's he's actually known for other movies like The Hunger Games, Constantine, which I think is a pretty cool movie. I Am Legend. And he's done like a ton of music videos for Janet Jackson, Britney Spears, Pink, Aerosmith, Jennifer Lopez, Green Day, Destiny's Child, Seal, Nelly the black eyed peas and others. I mean, like he has this huge portfolio where you could tell he got his start in the director's chair and now he's making this transition and he's made a pretty successful transition, I would say into the, the movie industry. So what did you think of, of his uh, directing chops with it? I thought it was fine. I thought, uh, I think for the beginning of the movie, it was better than towards the end. I think towards the end, he was trying to wrap things up. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't want to say cut some corners, but um, I don't think it was it was his. I don't know. I, I, to me, it didn't stand out that much. Okay. I thought the Russian assassin was creepy. I can't remember his name, but he was the guy who was the, the motorcyclist who came in. We saw him at first. And at first I thought he was kind of intriguing yeah. just because right. he comes in, he kills off that, that one Russian power guy. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is absolutely just devastated. Right? Yeah. She, she doesn't know what is going on. And <laughs> I just, I liked how they, they created a sense of mystique about him. Uh, my wife actually thought that the motorcyclist was going to be a female. She thought that was going to be like Dominica's first, um, partner. Or ex- something. Well, not partner, but just experience with someone who is like a seasoned red sparrow. Yeah. But it turned out to be a guy instead, and and the guy really held his own. Every time you saw him on screen, I was just like, oh, "This is this this dude is uh, not right in the head." 
Yeah, but I, I wanted them to go deeper with, with him. I mean, in the beginning, you thought, whoa, who is this person? Uh -huh. All covered in mystique, you know, all bl blacked out, cool motorcycle helmet, mm -hmm. you know, holding up his finger to his mask. Like, that was awesome. You know? Yeah. And uh, having the perfect escape plan. And then as twisted as he was, you know, he's the one covering Lawrence with a trench coat and a blanket, making sure she's comfortable and warm. Mm -hmm. And so I think, man, who is this person who, is, who just strangled someone and, you know, with... Um, whatever uh, barbed uh, steel uh, nylon line that was mm -hmm. uh, to someone who's comforting somebody else. And then um, he was, of course, just the the hitman for the, the Russian embassy uh, throughout the movie. But it didn't show, he, he wasn't... Well, it wasn't the embassy, or, or not, the not, not the embassy, but the Russian state, yeah. Um, but they didn't show any more of him. And I wanted to see more. So you saw, okay, here's this person clouded in mystique, and then, oh yeah, he's just twisted and messed up. Yeah, I I agree with that. I, I would have liked to have seen more. Um, you could tell he was just a soldier of the state. Like he did precisely what was ordered of him. He didn't have really any emotionality whatsoever in terms of where he had a conflict of interest or anything. I mean, it was just, I need you to go here. He would go there. I need you to carry out this act. He would do so. And, and to your point, it was really interesting to see how he had this gruesome murder sequence with this, I can't remember his name, but he was like the, the Russian guy who was raping uh, Dominica. Right. He goes from that to then, like, you, like you were saying, like comforting her, giving her like a cigarette and putting a blanket around her, that sort of thing. Um, I would have also liked to have seen that play out a bit more. I, I would have really liked to have seen um, more complexities of his character be revealed as a result. But I don't really know... Like what kind of like when they could do that in the film? I don't know what kind of opportunities they could have made in order for that to to come through and, and happen. <clears throat> what would have been nice is if uh, it, throughout the movie she uh, is getting these messages that oh you're better than the rest you're you know one out of a million you know mm -hmm. and it would have been interesting if she maybe had this uh, you know playing the two guys off one another the the CIA guy and then this this Russian hitman mm -hmm. and so no one knew what she was up to but that to me would have been convincing of that. She was a master at, at her, her, uh, her art, her skill. Mm -hmm. Um, but you, we never saw that. Of course, I, that, I think that would have made it a little bit deep. For yeah. Me. Yeah. Now, Joel Edgerton was believable as the CIA, Nate Nash. Mm -hmm. Did you like him? I thought he was well, well cast. I did. Uh, especially in the beginning when, uh, you know, he's, he's, got the passion for doing his job. And, and that was definitely believable to me. He did a good job. Uh, and then the scene I liked best with him was when, uh, uh, Dominique, Dominique, Dominica. Eh, Dominica. Thank you. I think I'm dominatrix for some reason. <laughs> a dominatrix. So, uh, she, you know, gets hit by her, her boss and she's trying to find a reason and excuse for him to let her in his room. Sure. And, and, and so she's up there and, uh, tries to play him a little bit, you know, getting really close to him, trying to kiss him. And he sees right through it and just basically says in so many words, I'm not falling for you. Yeah. You know, please go home and figure this out. And I thought, yes, don't take the bait. <laughs> and then don't take the bait. And then right after his meeting with his superiors, uh, when they just tell him, okay, this is what's up. And he says, yeah, I know where she comes from. And I know the history of the Red Sparrows. I know she's a Red Sparrow. I know what she's going to try and do. Mm -hmm. And then he just automatically lets his guard down. And I didn't think later in the movie with Lawrence and him that it, it was convincing at that point. 
like up and up in the beginning. It was great. In and terms of his acting, or are you talking about just the, the plot? Um, actually, both. Both. I, I mean, with like I said, with all that information that the CIA had on the Red Sparrows and them knowing that that she was a Red Sparrow, I wanted to see a little bit more resistance in his face mm-hmm. and his and his acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, with the plot, yeah, we can get into that later on. But you know, and you can tell I have you know an, an, an issue with that, but. Uh, I just wanted to see more resistance with, with him on his side with, with what Lawrence was doing, what her goal was and all the, um, I don't know, the, uh, unknowns that were out. I mean, he should have been a lot more resistant. He struck me as someone who was really competent. I, I was, um, really nervous going into this film thinking that they would go down one of the, the typical routes of just, uh, CIA operative being hoodwinked or whatever it is. And, and I really liked how they did a nice job of how he was a seasoned CIA operative. And as a result, he has sixth senses about him as well. I mean, yeah, you have certain programs like the Red Sparrow program where you can develop um, these, these really trained assassins and that sort of thing, but they're not the only game in town. You have like in the United States, for instance, we have our own people as well. So I liked the playoff of that where the, the flirtation around the exchange of information I thought was, I always get a kick out of of stuff like that, especially if they do it in a way where it's not trying to make one side look like an idiot. It's just, it's, it's realistic, honestly. Now, Charlotte Rampling as matron, she was of the school, I think it was called like School District 4. She was kind of the the head of that, the, the woman. I thought she was decent, although I don't think there was too much depth to her character either. I think it was interesting to see her be portrayed in such a way where she, you know, her role is to train these, these young men and women to be these elite assassins. And at the same time, there's a callousness or a coldness that's there. And of course, I mean, it's if you think about like just a boot camp, a boot camp has parallels to this, although this is meant to be more of an intense training. So there's going to be more psychological warfare with the, the students versus the teacher and also some of the, the school politics of just who's the best student, that sort of thing. It's interesting though how like it was like she she was there she filled the role but the role itself was just okay you're you're done with that now let's move on to something else entirely. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more depth from her character. Although having said that, I don't really know what else they could have done. Yeah, they they would have had to move the plot forward with her if they I think they expected anything else. I think she played her part decently. Uh, I mean, she just played the cold hard instructor. Yeah, uh, kind of soulless at the same time, no warmth. Um, she was as warm as the weather outside. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which was like 20 below. So <laughs> she was, she was fine. She didn't stand out, but she didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't think she did a bad job for what her, the parts she, that she filled. Moving on to plot. Oh, uh, here we go. Here, here's the meat and potatoes of this. I personally really loved how this movie examines the, the cold war in the modern era. I think that, in this day and age with all the different happenings going on that, that you see and hear in the media and the news and that sort of thing, it's interesting to actually take the time to look at, well, what could happen between these superpowers in the world? What exactly um, could transpire in a world where 
people think that the Cold War was just something from like the 80s, you know, the, the 70s and 80s, that sort of thing. And when in fact there are just as many spies out there in the world, you have a lot of espionage going on, you have the different um, governments that are vying for power and trying to um, screw over the other one, that sort of thing. I personally really liked how this movie constantly had that undertone to it. And that's something that I always enjoy with a good thriller such as this. What'd you think, Steve? It's funny. I I keep hearing the word thriller because I I just didn't think the movie was thrilling. I just thought it was rather, you know, dramatic drama style, but not thrilling. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I felt that it was, it was rather dull. Um, I, I thought that I think they could have made it deeper, more psychological. They are pushing the sparrows as being very, very psychological, psychological, psychological. And I, and I didn't feel like they were being psychological at all. I just felt that, that, uh, <laughs> in a way <laughs> it was like, okay, they're just like that, that drunken U.S. senator who, you know, mm-hmm. who was saying like, all oh, the Russian men are like toads and all the women are <laughs> sexy, you know? I thought, hmm. And then I thought, well, in a way, they're portraying pretty much all the men that in, in the movie as that from Russia as not being wholesome, not having any sort of like moral compass. And all the women are used for entertainment if it's, you know, sexual or it's dancing or something like that. There was no like gray area. It was either like, you know, black or white. Uh-huh. Uh, and I thought, yeah, I can't, uh, come on, you know, like, give us something, you know, give us, give us some neutrality within Russia, you know, just like, you know, United States probably has its own issues. You know, we can have, you know, people who are all over the moral compass as well. Um, I just wanted to see more. I thought it, it, it was, it was just very predictable. I thought, okay, you know, Actually, I thought something was going to happen with her mother mm-hmm. because that was pretty much the whole point of her going into this entire story. That was, was where Dominica was vulnerable. Yeah, that was where she was vulnerable and nothing even happened to the mother, uh, which, okay, that that I I was predicting something was going to happen to her and it didn't. But at that same time, I was asking myself, why wouldn't they? I mean, they're, they're, this is a life and death situation and, and life is not even precious or meaningful to them at all. Uh and they're willing to take it, no problem. Why wouldn't they leverage her her mother? Mm-hmm. So, and then with, uh, I was going to ask you about the the, the chemistry between uh, the CIA agent and um, and Lawrence's character, mm-hmm. because to me it just felt kind of cardboard. I mean, I wanted there to be chemistry. You know, I like love chemistry. We've talked about it with other movies too. And I just, I did there was nothing there that, that sank. It was just that here, here it is. And, um, and here's the facts about where the, what red sparrows are, where they come from, what they do. Um, here we're at the CIA. We have all the information that we're telling you all the red signs to look out for. Now you're both together. And, um, guys like, oh, I'm going to kill for you. You know, <laughs> it's like, what you guys like, you were totally on your tiptoes around her and, and her around him figuring each other out and knowing that games are being played. And all of a sudden, like, you're just going to drop your guard and that's going to be that in a wink of an eye. Well, I think you had a, a, I think you had several things in there that I think all revolve around one idea, which is that there was a lot that women could identify with from a psychological level, um, as it applies to Dominica, that I think men don't necessarily pick up on. 
I think that that and, that, and that's one of the, the big differences between men and women is that men tend to look at it as more of a literal translation of things or an expectation, a literal expectation of how like a romance is supposed to play out, for instance, that sort of thing. Women are way more calculating there because they are more, you know, these nurturers, there's more of a, um, um, an emotional creature, if you will, that sort of thing. They, I mean, they're always thinking women are smooth in that, in that regard. We're like, they're always thinking about like 10 steps ahead. Whereas men don't, I mean, we, we do in certain capacities, but not on a social level the way women do. And I think when you combine that with the world that Dominica was in, you have to remember that the, that the, the slice of the perception that was given to us in this movie is based around like spies and espionage and governments vying for power, that sort of thing. So as a result, there is a lot of looking over your shoulder. If you live in this world, you're not going to, like I said, you're not going to have your emotions readily available to read on your sleeve. You're going to be very closed off. You're going to be very reserved as to like what kind of information you give. There's like in, in in, actually in the movie for me, I felt like there was a, a a pretty strong sense of paranoia almost just because every time they enter a room, they're looking around. What is the situation? Even the people who, maybe on their side, there may be some double crossings going on. Like we saw with Dominica rooting around in her, uh, her roommates area and finding what she had been working on that sort of thing. So there's a lot of discreet sophistication going on with how they're, how the, how they're revealing certain emotions or certain circumstances, I guess you could say that I thought were cool. And, and, and I think, again, I appreciated it because typically I'm like you where like, as an American, we have certain expectations of like how a romantic relationship should flourish and how it should bud and that sort of thing. We have certain expectations of just how we carry on with people or, or what our outlook is on life. And this was a very different perspective coming from a, a different country, a, a different state of mind, that sort of thing. And so for me, like as soon as I made that click in my mind, suddenly a lot more of this stuff for me made sense. Yeah. I just, I think what I was looking for is, uh, I mean, I was going back to scenes with, with Lawrence and, and her lack of expression as I was listening to you speak. And I, I think I wanted her, I, I wanted more scenes with her showing vulnerability when it wasn't so obvious that, oh, we're going to smack you in the face. We expect you to yell and, and cry out in pain. Oh, here's your friend who's slaughtered. We're, we're expecting you to be in awe and, 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 and afraid and, and, and whatnot. Uh, I wanted scenes with her uh, showing more struggle and showing vulnerability, showing desperation. And, and um, I just really didn't, I didn't get that that sense at all. So it was hard for me to connect mm -hmm. or even try to connect, even though I'm a guy and she's a girl. I wanted to be able to connect there. And, and to me, that was just kind of lacking. Mm -hmm. One of the quotes that stuck with me from the film was when matron, you know, the, the, the school lady, I was calling the school, the yard teacher or school yard, whatever <laughs> the yard duty, yard duty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, one of the things she said, I'm kind of paraphrasing this, but she said, America is weakened right. due to platforms such as social media. Right. I completely agree. That yeah. one line where she talked about how, shopping, 
was it shopping? Or, no, it was, it, was, it was social media and shopping. The social media part, I thought, was dead on. Right. Because one of the unfortunate detractors about social media, like Facebook and Twitter, is that it's given a host of opinions a platform. And as a result, we've really discovered that people who we have relationships with, acquaintances with, even friendships with, that sort of thing, people who we thought we had a good idea of who they were and what they stood for is actually not the case. And so what's happened is that you've gotten into this polarizing effect where odds are if you talk to people about their opinion of social media these days, a lot of folks will comment on how divided everybody is. Right. How there's there's no middle ground. How everybody is so stuck on certain ideologies and they allow their emotions to just make themselves just dig their heels in that as a result, you find that there's not as much of a unity within the country itself. I think that is absolutely dead on with that line from the movie because America is one of the biggest consumers of social media. If you go to a communist country such as Russia or China, be careful that, well, they don't, I mean, <laughs> their exposure to social media is extremely limited right. if at all. Right. And as a result, the state has the ability to be able to push its propaganda upon its people. It has the ability to really structure and formulate the propaganda that they want to have their people just be fed with. And as a result, allow them to, to carry out the certain types of actions that they want to with the least amount of resistance as possible. Right. So it's, yeah, that was something I keyed on. I was like, Oh, I can't wait to tell Steve about yeah, that. Yeah, no, that, that was definitely a nugget. Uh, and being from the retail world as I am, uh, and people just, going into debt, buying stuff that they don't need. They just want, 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 want all the time when mm -hmm. they we should be wanting to get out of debt and build their finances and build their credits, you know, for later on in their life. Sure. And they're not, they're just, you know, I mean, people were buying the latest iPhones and I literally sold <laughs> like a six and then the person would come in the next year. I want the success. I'm like, yeah. you know, this phone's like <laughs> only a quarter percent upgraded and whatever, you know, $700 more. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, I mean, just with the with the social media obsessed crowd and people wanting to get the ultimate self selfie risking <laughs> sure. their life. I mean, we get the people across the world gotta laugh at that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and to your point with uh, us thinking people are one way and them describing themselves on social media another way. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the same time, they might still be the way that you think they are, but they're describing themselves the way that they aren't. You yeah. know, that happens too. Yeah. So anyhow. I appreciate also how Dominica made every decision for the betterment of her and her mother's well-being. It wasn't for Russia. It wasn't for the United States. I mean, if you look at every action she made throughout the film, it was for herself. It was, it was, it was, she played her own agenda throughout that whole thing. And I thought that was, that was actually refreshing to see as well. We're like, I wasn't sure how she was going to get out of certain situations because it almost seemed like, there was entrapment around every corner, but she was able to always, well, well to what, she, what her uncle said, she was always able to think one step ahead, even though for me personally in the theater, like there were several times where I didn't know what was going to happen next. And that was just me. You sounded like you had a, um, an idea of what was going to happen all the time, but I really, 
I just, I don't know. I, I just loved, especially at the end when like it goes back through and, and shows these different pieces that all line up and, and all of a sudden she ultimately got what she wanted. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought, I thought that's it. Like <laughs> you're giving your life and, and uh, your body to the state and you're mixed in with international espionage and Russia's only going to take care of you with with the the cheap small apartment that you're in. Like you get nothing else. <laughs> like and they stayed in the same apartment. I thought they were they were supposed to move out because the theater stopped paying for all the bills in that place, and they were going to get tossed out. Well, I think the Russian state took over and started paying their bills. Yeah, I, I, I right, but I thought that they were. Uh, she was going to get something better, or maybe she was going to say, "Okay, well, yeah, get us out of here, give us a better life, Uncle Family." You know, <laughs> well, and that was one of the things, too, that we realized is the fact that p- people like her uncle were not good people. Like, right. even though they were, quote unquote, family, he was he did not behave himself or conduct himself in a, in a manner that was worthy of family. Right. It was it was very much he was out for his own well-being. It was very selfish. And that's why he, she was even at one point asking him, so what kind of promotion are you going to get if I pull this off? Because yeah. she could read right through him. She knew what he was trying to do. And I think the ending of it too, it was also, I was satisfied with it because you could tell that she had taken into account the very few people in her life that had a shred of decency and she didn't sacrifice any of them. She could have if she took in a different if she had taken a different path, but ultimately she routed out her uncle. I think that was the coolest thing about how the mole who was who was in Russia, you know, he stayed alive. I thought they were going to off him, but they didn't because of of the path that she decided to take. Same with the CIA operative, where she was able to save him and not have him get killed. She was also able to continue receiving funds to take care of her mother, and she's in this position within the Russian state where now she has the respect and you know, they're finally going to back off from her. But again, it's not because she is pro Russian state government. It's because she now is in a position where then she can continue to do what it is on her terms. And I think that that's, that's the part that just makes me grin when I'm in the theater. It's like, okay, that was, that was really, it it was, mature of her to do that considering just how much of a brutal character arc we witnessed with just all the different, different situations that she found herself in. And typically in other types of, of spy thriller movies, that sort of thing, you always find there is some kind of sacrifice. And in this in actually, before I, I move too fast here, the sacrifices tend to be of someone where you're like, Oh man, that's too bad. Like, like they were the sacrificial lamb for something. But in this case, the sacrificial lamb, so to speak, wasn't a lamb at all. It was her uncle and he deserved it. He you <laughs> it know, was the sheep. Yeah. After everything <laughs> that he was trying to pull. I mean, that was for me, that was gratifying. Yeah, it was definitely gratifying. The films also the, the raw approach to the Red Sparrow program, as well as how controlling the Russian government can be with its citizens is thought provoking on different levels. It makes one wonder about the true state of affairs in that country. I know that for people like you and I, like I said earlier, I've never been to Russia. I've, I've always wanted to, to go and take my camera and take pictures of the architectures. I think the architecture in Russia is gorgeous. It's really unique, but I don't know how that country works exactly. I've had very limited amounts of, of exposure and, and the exposure itself is just, 
really the news. And right. I mean, and we know like how unreliable the news <laughs> is. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that works out because in the past, like when Stalin, Joseph Stalin was alive, he really ruled that country with an iron fist. There was a lot of brutality where he murdered a lot of his own countrymen as a result post Joseph Stalin, though, I don't really have any kind of bearing as to how things are run around uh, Russia itself. Not not how Stalin ran it, though. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's, no, no, There's no, not no. millions of people dying. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely want to make that clear. But just I, I'm curious to know just what is, what's life like in Russia? Obviously, they've had economic struggles. They've had economic problems, that sort of thing. And, and um, as a result, I've heard that there are um, drug dealers, the Russian mob, the different types of people who have come into a certain level of power. And as a result, I think that um, the good citizens of Russia are to a certain extent oppressed or, uh, you know, they have to at least be once again, really careful about where they go, what they say, that sort of thing. But again, uh, I'd be curious to find out just what the, the, the current state is. And, even in terms of a communist country, like what is life like in terms of what you have to do for the government? That's that, that is a notion that neither one of us know anything about because we're here in America. We have a very different set of ideals. Can't be any worse than in North Korea where people are literally trying to escape the border any way they can to, to flee to South Korea. I, you know, I, it's difficult to know for sure because, it, you know, one of the things about Russia that's also, it's, I don't know, it's, I guess you could say it's unique is that there is a pride that's there in Russia. If you're, if you're a Russian citizen, chances are you really love your country, you believe in your country, but there may be certain figures, certain um, governmental officials, that sort of thing, who perhaps you have issues with, but due to the structure of how the, the country works, you really don't have very many options of protesting that sort of thing. And as a result, I'm just, I, I don't know. It, it just made me the thought kind of passed through my mind after seeing the film. Like, I wonder what, what it's like there in terms like, is it really that oppressive or is it just for the sake of cinema? Right. I thought that also in terms of plot, it was messed up seeing all the wrongdoings happening to her life, starting with the ballet injury. I mean, that just that sucked. Oh my gosh. It looked like it hurt so yeah. bad where like she, I think her leg was broken. Oh, it was broken. Like it landed places. on her leg and it was just, Oh my gosh. And then after that, so, so first that happens and you realize this is the job that she has where she's able to, to pay for the, the apartment that she and her mom live in. And now that's been squashed because her leg is just absolutely just done in. And then on top of that, you can tell that like there was some kind of boyfriend, girlfriend, romantic relationship between her and this other dancer. And you come to find out that he has this other ballet girl who he's been cheating on um, Dominica with. And they kind of plotted this whole thing as, as, as it went down in the first place. And then it just, it just snowballs from there in terms of like how she's trying to do her, her uncle a favor on this, this thing. And all of a sudden she gets raped and then she's going to this school and she's 
being told to, to do away with a lot of the morality and common decency that you've been brought up with. You're just a, a, a vessel for the state and yada, yada. She, you know, she almost gets raped again in uh, <laughs> the school. And all the while it's like, all she wants to do is take care of her mom. And also just feeling uh, helpless throughout the the whole thing with with trying to figure out just how she can deal with uh, both the Russia and the United States. Yeah, their their special interests. After our Patreon bonus episode, we uh, when you were telling me about going to Colombia and how people show trust with a greeting by they'll give like you know air kisses on either side of the cheek. Right. Yeah. So I thought of that in the beginning because when that, that scene right before she broke her leg, she, they, she does it twice mm-hmm. on each cheek twice. Yep. One like left, right, left, right. And I thought, okay, so as a dance so partner, they're tight. I, they're, they're tight. And yeah. there is a lot of trust because you're lifting all their weight and you're throwing them around. And I've, I've been there a little bit with, with the swing dancing that I've, I've done. Uh, so I, I, I keyed on that. I thought, ah, yeah, she definitely trust him. And then, you know, he let her down. With that school later on, I thought that was a bit surreal, though. I mean, I, I what I wanted to see was was more skill being learned and not just the doing away with their morality. Right. And it was, I think her mom made a reference like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, they're, we all are their whores. Yeah. I think it was her comment. And I thought, so is she going to a brothel or like a state run brothel like what i well again that's too much of a literal translation it was a figure of speech in the I, sense I know that it, like i know it was a vigorous speech but i i if there's men and women in this school and i and they're going to be used as these tools to manipulate international governments mm-hmm. and there's a lot more to that than saying okay if someone just wants to rape you then just let them do it because then you can get on the inside and and that's what it, the overall impression, the overarching impression of that school was they didn't really learn much more. I mean, she, you saw her pick a lock, but that was about it. Yeah. Although one, the, the, the cool, one cool thing out of that school was when, uh, the instructor did bring her up in front of the class and say, okay, she was just trying to break her that last time when she beat the crap out of the guy who tried to get her in the shower. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she says, okay, you know, let him have you. And then she works his mind in a way mm-hmm. that she's looking at him and, you know, and, and she basically, um, you know, flattens his ego. And so that he can't do anything. He feels like a little, you know, ant compared to her and right. she's completely vulnerable. So I thought that was the one redeeming value, but I just wanted to see. Well, and that plays into the the idea that you have a tool of, well, not a tool. You, you really have a, um, a toolbox full of these different psychological tools that you can use. And that's what the movie was examining is just how everyone is a, a puzzle of need. And I, I that was a, another line from the, the film that I, I really enjoyed is and the, just this this whole notion that like you once you can figure out their puzzle, then you can get them to do your bidding. You can do whatever you want to do because at that point you've completely roadmapped out the, any, any individual. And so it was neat to see how like some people just wanted sex versus some people wants power or there's a codependency that's there or whatever it is. Like, like there are certain uh, different types of scenarios that where if you, engage correctly then I think for me, I would have liked to have seen more than that because right, they, they exactly. focus too much. I think on those two areas of just, you know, seduction and power, that right. sort of thing. I would have liked to have seen more in other areas too, because 
it, people are not that one dimensional. I mean, yeah, you do have people who do respond to those two areas, but I think that there is more out there yeah. to, for that too. So. They just kind of gave the obvious and that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think exactly right. I wanted to see, I mean, there's, there's a lot more needs that people have than yeah. just power sex. Yeah. You know, I mean, people want kindness for crying out loud. I mean, if she even showed right. kindness to someone to, to, to get their loyalty and, and she didn't even have to go to the level of opening herself up. Right. You know, I, no, me, I totally more. agree. I yeah. think that's showing like, like kindness, what you said, or, or like I said, like having a realization that there's someone who has a codependency behavior. So then you can play into that. Right. Or if someone is, depressed and you want to, to be kind of the shining light or the angel that will help them up. You know, essentially you want that person coming to you for right. that fulfillment and to trust you. Yeah. Right. The other thing I think is worth mentioning too, is that the school itself, the district four or whatever it is, it's, it was interesting to, to just see what happened at that school because I kept getting these vibes of almost like a concentration camp or a prison but then they would back off kind of at the height of that, that vibe that I would get. And it would remind me, oh, right, this is a training facility. This is not a prison. It has very rigid rules. Their program is brutal and just it's designed to break a person down completely and rebuild them back up into the way that the state wants. But it was interesting to see just how these people – sacrificed who they were just had to do away with that. And I liked also how Dominica's mother warned her saying, make sure you keep a piece of yourself way down deep inside. Don't let, don't give everything that you have to the state because right. you, you'll lose who you are as a result. Right. Do you recognize who her mother was? The, the actress who she played in? I don't know her name, but I, I recognized her from the TV show Nip and Tuck. Yeah. Or Nip Tuck. Nip whatever. Tuck. Yeah. She was on Nip Tuck and then she was... Um, she was on the, on the uh, Patriot. She was on the Patriot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She Mel Gibson's love interest. Right. So going on to script, I mean, there's not too much I have on script other than the dialogue was fluid and engaging. There were certain lines, like I mentioned already, regarding social media and... The, the, the other one as well. So um, did you have anything to add to script? Yeah, I wanted to see more Russian speaking. I mean, we're like the like subtitles. Own, uh, subtitles, yeah. I mean, we're in Russia for crying out loud. Why is everyone speaking English? That's you know? true. That's uh, true. I mean, the one- I, I found myself thinking the same thing. Yeah, I mean, the one line, I mean, thank goodness people speak English all over the world. Woo, you know, internet, <laughs> it's so much easier to, 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 to fit in. Um, but yeah, the one line we were fed was from her, her boss, her pig boss. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was pretty much it. And I thought that eh. was really funny though. When they were in that hotel room, yeah. she's telling Dominica about what she wants to do to the U S uh, chief of Senator staff or whatever right. it was. I thought that was funny when the one line that, uh, what's his face to the CIA dude, uh, when the, director goes, says, I have to make a distraction and she knocks on the door and she just basically says, you know, do, do they need the mini bar refreshed? Right. Or, and uh, he goes, oh yeah, nice accent you put on there. And I thought, yeah, that's with everybody on this movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Cinephotography, I have a fascination. I mentioned this earlier in the program, but I have a fascination with Russian architecture and decorations. Every scene that we saw where we were in some sort of ballet amphitheater or there was some sort of governmental building or even the the apartments that they were in 
there's a lot of beauty to Russian architecture that I just, I for one really appreciate. Also, as a result too, you could tell that the, the cinematographer focused on the architecture of Russia itself. It didn't matter if you were in a hospital room or you were in a club or you were in some sort of uh, old fancy building of some sort, or even a, a modern building too. There was a lot of character in there that made it for me more believable as this being kind of an international spy story. And Joe Willems um, was the, uh, was the name. Yeah. He, he was the cinematographer of the film. So I, I give kudos to him. I, I think that the film itself was just nicely framed a lot of just really beautiful light and shadow situations and that sort of thing. I mean, what'd you think? I thought it was one of the film saving graces was the cinematography. Everything was beautiful. I loved the, the on location uh, views um, and locales. And I, I liked a lot of the, <laughs> I liked a lot of the Russia in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the architecture, the tile work, you know, the, the big draping curtains. If they were in some place, you know, like some five star incredible hotel, you knew it was there, man. It, yeah. it was like, wow, it, this place is expensive. The, the, ornate doors and the carving and of course we're assuming that all of those sequences were filmed somewhere yeah, true in russia it could have easily been somewhere else in europe or even true. the united states we have no idea but we're guessing you know just based on what we saw if, yeah, if, hey. if that's the case then that's, that's that's beautiful right either way good job making the set or good job right. being there actually you know even the the grungy areas too like like the apartment she was in where a lot of the walls had lots of scratches and scrapes right. and the like the the paint was flaking off i just all that stuff i just dig all that do you dig it rose i do hmm. so actually one of the things i love doing is taking my camera out if, if i go to like i don't know like a junkyard or something to that effect mm. there are, are you'll go to junkyards often no no you do not often <laughs> But I have gone to them with my camera. And actually, it's one of the things that I've learned to really just think is cool. It's like back in the day before I went to college, I would look at that as just a worn down place. I would kind of think of it a, a, with disdain, that sort of thing. But after going to college and taking photography classes and realizing, hey, there's a lot of character that comes into that. It's not something that necessarily I would want for my house or something to that effect, but just on a more of an artistic level. It's something that I appreciate. So the soundtrack was um, mentioned earlier in the program. And I, once again, I, th I thought the music was beautiful. It was done by James Newton Howard, oh. who I'm a fan of. I, I've liked his, his previous works. And I think I, I said this already too, but I just, I really loved how it sounded like a, a ballet throughout the film and really gave, it almost gave you like, like the, the spy espionage story, kind of a ballet twist as if you saw this whole thing going on on a stage. Right. Only they were not as uh, graceful. <laughs> <laughs> or wore those outfits that uh, make your bits and pieces uh, squished. Assets. Your assets. <laughs> So what'd you think, uh, you know, moving on to the costumes here, what did you think of Dominica's wardrobe? I like Dominica's wardrobe. I, I, you know, it's colder <laughs> by a long shot over yeah. there. And I thought uh, they, they kept her very, very fashionable, uh, not too over the top, but fit her role very, very well as, uh, as 
should it be expected by the government trying to sway opinion, get attention, right? Uh, that sort of thing. So I don't. I, I'm not going to go as far as to say it was over the top. I think over the top would be too much. You know, over the top would be too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but sometimes you can you can just tell like, oh, yeah, okay, they they concentrated on just her and like that was it. You know, you know they gave her. Um, it was, it's obvious they made her try and stick out, and they didn't. They they look made her look like she. Uh, was a, a lady who respected herself, had good taste in clothes, took pride a, in her appearance, took pride in her appearance. Uh, you know, maybe had a little bit of money, um, but it wasn't uh, like, for example, that that pool scene with her in that bikini. That was a bikini that real tasteful. It was very tasteful. Yeah, it, it showed off her, her body a little bit. It wasn't like it was the thinnest thong you've ever seen before. You no, know, no. it wasn't. It was actually top. pretty conservative, all right. things considered. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think that there were any other characters other than Dominica who really stood out. Everyone else just kind of had the, the outfits that you would expect. And so, but but for her, she definitely had a sense of style, and I digged it. I thought it was, a lot of what she wore was was fun and stylish and cool and that sort of thing, and warm and warm, especially <laughs> considering the climate that she was in. So, in conclusion. I'll go first. I think that there is a maturity present in this film that you don't see very often. I I hope that they make the sequels as the novel this movie is based on as part of a trilogy. And actually, I'd like to be able to buy the book because the book itself is... Um, it was written by a CIA agent or former CIA agent. And so uh, I think that it'd be a, a fun read. And it may be very different in terms of just what... Most likely the details are that he, he added in there and it may actually apply to, to some of the, the things that you had issues with, with regards to the film itself. I hope so. What about you, Steve? What about, what, what's your conclusion about the film? Well, I, I, overall, I just felt it was kind of dull. Uh, I felt that one of the main attractions to the film was, uh, was basically Jennifer Lawrence, you know, with all the, uh, innuendos and kind of disrobing scenes that they that they had in the film i thought they could have spent it making the film actually uh deeper making the chemistry better um maybe not so cookie cutter or convenient or maybe even shallow um so in the end i i, I don't know if i would feel per se entertained i it was not terrible but i'd probably tell someone to watch it on netflix rather than go out to the theater and see it. Mm-hmm. There's there's kind of no point to, to pay the extra price, in my opinion, to go see it in the theater. Well, very polar opposite opinions <coughs> here. <coughs> I do have some fun Red Sparrow trivia courtesy of IMDb. So before we give our final ratings, let me just go through these. Not, not too many, but there are some in here that I thought were uh, mentionable. Jennifer Lawrence got into a bar fight in Budapest while filming this movie. <laughs> <laughs> breaking beer bottles over people's heads. Yeah. (laughs) Throwing chairs. (laughs) Again, with more feeling. Based on a 2013 novel of the same name by retired CIA operative Jason Matthews. Before the novel was even finished, Matthews sold the film rights for a seven-figure sum. The novel is the first book in a trilogy, with the others being Palace of Treason and The Kremlin's Candidate. That's kind of... Hopefully that uh, made him a nice pretty penny there, Ross. Seven figures. My name is Matthews. Agent Matthews. There you go. (laughs) Double O, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. (laughs) 
<laughs> to prepare for the role, Jennifer Lawrence did ballet and practiced a Russian accent for four months, spending three hours a day working with the Hollywood ballet instructor, Kurt Froman. She said it was difficult because she had never wanted to dance ballet. You know, back to the accent thing, I kept on thinking how back, back to Black Panther, how Chadwick's accent was way convincing. Sure. Like he owned it. I thought, mm, Lawrence, get the same accent, coach. Yeah, she was not as as uh, convincing as, yeah. as Chadwick. Um, right. I thought I thought she was decent, but there were certain instances where I think it dropped a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. The Russian characters are played. Here you go, Steve. By American, British, Belgian, Dutch, German, and Ukrainian actors. The main American actor in the movie, Nate uh, Nash, the character, is played by. Of course, as we said already, Joel Edgar Edgar is it? Well, let me see here. Yeah, I believe it's it's pronounced Edgerton, who is Australian. Hmm. So yeah, uh, all over the place. Yeah, no, no Russians. <laughs> <laughs> American ballet dancer Isabella Boylston was Jennifer Lawrence's dance double in the movie. I'm not too familiar with who Isabella is, but. She can dance. She can definitely dance. That's for sure. And finally, Jennifer Lawrence's real life best friend, Laura Ternoski, has a cameo in the film as the woman sat at the hotel bar with Dominica in London. Hmm. So a little, little fun trivia there for you. Nice, uh, nice intro into the biz. Yeah. So Steve, what? I am curious. How many stars would you give Red Sparrow? Uh, I would say about two and a half. Two and a half stars, he says. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I am going to give Red Sparrow three and a half stars. Okay. A full point different than mine. Yes. Russ, I said in the beginning I wanted to tell you about a movie that um, I saw that was very, very similar to this. And I think I even mentioned it on a previous episode when we were looking at the trailer to Red Sparrow. Mm -hmm. And that movie is Salt with Angelina Jolie. If right. you liked this film, you're going to love Salt. Did you like Salt more than Red Sparrow? I did, yes, indeed. Mm. Yes. I would probably give Salt three and a half stars. Oh! <laughs> Yes. Well, I may have to take a little look-see. Maybe I'll watch it tonight since I'm in this kind of spy thriller mm -hmm. frame of mind. Indeed. Well, I think that about wraps it up here. Be sure to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and subscribe to get the most out of the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and soundcloud.com slash joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday evening at 9.30 Central Time. Until next time, I don't even know what to say. I was trying to say, I'm trying to think of what what goodbye is in Russia. I know. I'm, I'm, Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time.